Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message.
you can see is Jacob's unexpected breakthrough. Let me say something right off the bat here. This, a lot of stuff in this story doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't match my theology. My theology is we should be expectant. How many of you believe that? You should expect breakthroughs. You should expect answers to prayer. You should expect God to work. Expectancy is a good thing. You know, God wants to do more than we can even ask or think any more than we can dream or imagine. But there's a lot of unexpected things in this story. A lot of things that don't really make sense. Jacob was a guy that didn't really deserve a breakthrough. How about that? I just said it. Do you know some people in your life like that? They don't really deserve a breakthrough. I'll pray for them, but you know, I don't think they're ever going to get it. I, don't th- I, don't, I think they're just hard-hearted. I don't, th- I don't think it's ever going to happen. Jacob was a guy like that. It seems as if he's al- almost 40 years old where this, this thing happened in, in, in this story. I have a friend here I was talking to on Wednesday night, and she said that uh, her turnaround came at age 37 or something like that. How about that? You know, and there's people in my life, I think, gosh, you know, they're, they're getting older. They haven't had the breakthrough yet. It hasn't really happened. Well, hey, there's hope. There's hope. If there's hope for Jacob, there's hope for us. That's good to know. This is Genesis chapter 28. And it starts with this. Then Isaac called his son Jacob and blessed him and directed him. There is so much in this little phrase right here. You say, well, that doesn't look like much, does it? So, Jake, so Isaac is blessing his son, who the very chapter before had deceived him. Just think about that. The chapter before, Jacob had put on Esau's clothes, put on some hairy 
garments from some animals and deceived his father, who was pretty much blind at that point, into thinking that he was Esau. And the very next thing we see is Isaac is blessing his son. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me. That's hard because it's grace. Grace doesn't make much sense to me. I don't know about you. If you just think, oh, oh of course, it's grace. It's forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard. Grace is hard. It's, it's, it's illogical to us. And so here is Jacob's father blessing him right after Jacob had deceived him. That doesn't make sense to me. But here's another thing that does make sense to me. I could identify with Isaac because this is what I do. I bless my, any of you have adult children? Yeah. I bless my adult children, and then what do I do next? I direct them. Look what it says here. He blessed him and directed him. Ben, I, I bless you. I think you're awesome. I trust you. I, I believe God's at work in your life. And I have some directions here. Um, you, you see how that kind of gets a little bit contradictory? I bless you, but just in case you're going to screw up, I got some directions. And that's what Isaac did. Isaac knew his son was prone to make bad choices. And so he says, son, get out of here. Get out of town here. Around here, there's a lot of Canaanite women. (laughs) You need a good woman in your life. So go to the house of Laban. That was going to be an adventure. (laughs) You need to go back to your home country and find a good woman there. So I'm like that too. I want to bless my kids, but I want to give them direction. And don't don't miss that first word there, verse two, arise. We're living in a day when that is a word for us. Arise. You've been sitting here too long. You haven't moved for a while now. You haven't really seen the breakthrough? Well, you need to arise. Arise, shine. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Arise. Ah, I love that word. So <laughs> let me take a little detour here. I love the you are here principle. Have you ever been to the mall? You know, you're trying to find, you're at some mall you haven't been to. You're trying to find J.C. Penney or Belk or whatever. And there's a map, right? I love those things. Because the very first thing you see is, you are here. If you're ever going to get where you're going, you've got to know where you are. And there's a whole lot of people, I see a whole lot of Christians, they don't even really know where they are. They have no idea where they are. So how are they ever going to get somewhere else? Because they don't know where they are. And so we need to have a way to assess ourselves to figure out where are we presently so we can know which direction Belk or J.C. Penney or Sears or whatever it is, is there. You see what I'm saying? And of course, you knew I could not give a message, particularly in this season of, of prime. How can we evaluate Jacob? Well, take a look at this. I'm just going to make it quick. And some of you think that I, that's the only thing I ever preach on. That's not true. Go to my YouTube channel. You will find other things there other than Prime. But it fits this message really well. We need to see Prime. It's not just a bunch of bullet points. It applies to our lives. It's a way to assess where are you going. Has anybody ever asked you, hey, how are you doing? 
That's a tough question. Hank, how are you doing? Kim, how are you doing? That's a really tough question because sometimes, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing well, you know, in financially, but I'm not doing well in my health or I'm, I'm not doing well in my relationships or I'm kind of depressed or, you know, it's, there's different areas of our life and it's just difficult to answer that question. How are you doing? Well, anyway, this will help you see how are you doing. Prayer, connection with God. So think about this. Jacob is Abraham's grandson. Jacob is Isaac's son. You think this guy, if anybody would have a connection with God, it would have to be Jacob, right? No. It doesn't matter who your grandpa is, your grandma is, your father, your mother. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. It matters do you have a connection with God. And I see a lot of people in America today, particularly in the younger generation, they grew up in a Christian home. They have great men of God, women of God as their mothers and fathers and grandparents. And yet they don't have a connection with God. And that's where Jacob was. He had this incredible heritage, but there's no evidence at all until Genesis 28 that he himself had ever had an encounter with God himself. Wow, that is really something. But I encourage you today, how's your connection with God? Yeah, you say, well, I'm a part of that mission community church. I'm no. Great. But, <laughs> but we need to have a personal connection with God. There's no substitute for that. And if that is not in place in your life, all these other things are going to be out of whack too. Relationships. Well, his relationships were a mess too. Because he had no re connection with God, his brother Esau wanted to kill him. Because when they, they were twins in the womb, huh? And, and so when they were still in the room, they were fighting already. <laughs> How about that? You ever had any kids like that? You're, they're fighting. They were fighting before they even came out. <laughs> and, and then they come out, and there's Jacob. And one day, Esau's really hungry. And Jacob is making this incredible stew, and he says, hey, I'll make you a deal. Remember that old TV show, Let's Make a Deal? <laughs> that, that's how Jacob was. Let's make a deal. You give me your birthright, I'll give you this bowl of stew. That's a terrible deal. <laughs> that's, a, that's an absolutely terrible deal. But, but Esau took it and then regretted it. And then as the story I also told you, um, there was a time when, when uh, Jacob stole the blessing by defrauding his brother and, and pretending to be Esau. Well, anyway, his relationships were terrible. But his relationships were terrible because his character was terrible. Kind of skipped ahead there to maturity, character. He was a liar. He was a cheat. He was a thief. He, he had terrible character. And because he had terrible character, his, his relationships were terrible. It's all connected. And instruction. I believe, I got to believe that being in the lineage of Abraham and Isaac, I believe he must have heard some biblical truth, right? Hearing biblical truth will not change your life unless you do it. And we're going to see in a couple slides up here, he finally said, hey, I think I'll tithe. Yeah. <laughs> you see, he wasn't doing the biblical truth. He knew the biblical truth. He wasn't doing the biblical truth. He had heard about who God is. He, was, he never had encountered God himself.
And lastly, this is really significant, engagement, connection to ministry. Jacob was, above all, a selfish, self-centered, narcissistic person. There was no evidence he cared about anybody except himself. And later, as we see God's word to him, he says, I'm going to make you so blessed that all the families in the world will be blessed through you. That's engagement. That's ministry. That's impact. That's the river flowing through us. But he didn't care about that at that time. He just wanted to be blessed himself. Well, th this morning, I, uh, not only was Jacob into identity theft, I realized, I finally realized the key to the story. And it has to do with Russia and Ukraine as well. Not that I want to get into that too much. I mean, this might shock you, and please hear me right. Uh, Vladimir Putin's an evil, terrible, awful person. Let me just say that. He is, right? But you know what? Jacob thought he was the victim. That's the key to the story. He thought he deserved the birthright. He thought that my stupid brother came out first, and, and then, you know what he also thought? And he was right. His father loved Esau more than him. It actually says that. Have you ever had a situation like that? Remember the Smothers Brothers, you know? Mom always liked you best. You know? <laughs> Something that was before your time. <laughs> but, but, but you see, that's the painful thing. When you feel like you, you've been deprived something, you've lacked something, your, your mom and dad liked somebody, your, your siblings better or something. So, so Jacob felt like he was the victim. He felt like I'm deprived. I'm not getting what I deserve. And because of that, he takes the matter into his own hands and tries to solve it. And I think that's what Putin's doing too, not to get all political about it, but his evil is based on his insecurity and based on the fact that he's trying to be somebody. He's trying to prove something. You ever, see, part of the reason this message grips me so much is because I'm like that. I'm like Jacob. I, I want to prove something. I want to succeed. I want people to pat me on the back. I, I, I want to achieve and, and be in, in, ah, poor Jacob, do you see how terrible this is? I actually feel sorry for him because he was striving striving, striving to do something, to be something that God already wanted to give him. Ah, have you ever done that? Have you ever been there? Well, you're trying to, to, to claw your way up and be something, and God just wants to bless you and give it to you. Oh, my, help us, Lord. Whew. Engagement, touching other people's lives. Well, so this continues, and this is the words again of, of Isaac, his, his, uh, his father. And, and this is, I mean, this, you really got to ponder this stuff because it's powerful. So here's Isaac. He's praying for his son. And he, then he says, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply. You see what? We're never going to bless people to the extent we ought to bless them unless we see it from God's perspective, unless we see people through the eyes of Jesus. I mean, if you treat me like I deserve to be treated, some days you won't treat me very well, you see? <laughs> but if you treat me how God sees me, 
I'll receive grace. You know, there's people in your life that you need God's perspective on. You need God's hope for. You need God's word for, his prophetic word for. But if we treat people like they deserve to be treated, if we treat ourselves as we deserve to be treated, we will never really get it. Be fruitful. Be multiplied. You'll be a company of peoples. May the blessing of Abraham. You know, what Isaac's kind of saying is, you know what? You don't really deserve it, but your grandpa did. So I'm praying that his blessing comes on you. How about that? That's, That's pretty awesome. And then he says, you'll take possession of the land of your sojournings. You know what? It's a journey. We are on a journey, and we're going to see that in a moment here, too. Thus, Isaac sent Jacob away. That's an amazing thing, too. (laughs) He's blessing him, but he's also saying, you know, uh, (laughs) I think you need to leave. Otherwise, we're probably going to have a murder here. Your brother's going to kill you. So leave. (laughs) Isn't that something? And then verse verse 10 is interesting. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And you see this whole encounter when he has the dream and the ladder to heaven and everything, it happened when he was in transition. I really believe, as I was praying for this message today, I believe some of you are in transition. Transition job-wise. Transition in your relationships, some, some of you even uh, in your church relationship and other things. We're in transition. We're, we were here, and, and we're going over here, but right now we're just in transition. This impact from God, this encounter that he had, this amazing breakthrough, it happened when he was in transition. He wasn't where he was going. He was just in transition in that sojourn. So if you're in transition today, hey, take heart. (laughs) You can have a breakthrough too. And then this is pretty cool. He came to a certain place and he stayed there at night because the sun had set. He came to a place. What place are you in? You know, you are here. What place are you in? The sun had set. Again, I don't want to make too much of it, but the fact of the matter is it was dark. (laughs) God can give you a breakthrough, an encounter, a blessing, a turnaround in a dark place. (laughs) It's not just when the sun is out and it's 70 degrees, you know. It can be when it's dark and it doesn't look good and you don't like where you're at. And what ends up happening here is that at Jacob's lowest point, that became his turning point. Isn't that something? So if you're, if you're in a low point, that might be the perfect place for your turnaround to come, even if the sun is set. And some of you that have been around me a lot, you know I'm always talking about the sun setting and you know, I turned 71 degrees, 71 degrees, that's what it is, 71 years old this year, the sun is setting, that's a whole other matter. Please pray for me, I need a breakthrough on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, David has to get in my case all the time about that one. So, But anyways, so, so here he is. It's dark. He's tired. He's in the middle. And he's alone. I, let, let me mention that too. There's something about being alone. You know, some, some of us, we, we surround ourselves with people so we'll never have to deal with the real stuff that's going on in our hearts. He was alone. It was just him in the dark, him in the stone, him in the desert floor. And he says, wow, I need a pillow. 
And uh, Taylor Aslan told me months ago, he said that he's really picky about his pillows, you know, and he, I don't think he would like this one. And I thought, if, if Jacob lived in the 21st century, he would probably start a company. Instead of my pillow, it would be my prophetic pillow. Now, you won't get a good sleep on this, but you might get a good dream. You might have a, an amazing encounter with God. I mean, would you take it? You know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a tough one there. But, but so he finds a stone, and he's going to find a, a place to sleep. And, and I, don't think, I don't think his sleep was ever very good because a striving person has a hard time. Because their mind's always gone. They're always thinking of something they're missing and deprived of and, and how they got to grasp this and grasp that. I'm, I'm like that. It's, it's hard. And, and so he, he lies down to sleep, but it was probably always a challenge for him, regardless of the pillow. And it says he dreamed. Mm, 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 mm. Boy, we could have a whole message in that. Because God wants... You know, the old men to dream dreams. How about that? So that's one good thing about being old. <laughs> we can dream dreams. But, but God wants to restore our dreams, restore our hope. You know, if I'd ask you, what do you think God wants to do in your life the next five years? What do you, what, what's your dream? What's your vision? Some people would not know, have a clue of how to answer. Now, that's sad. Because God wants to give every one of us a dream, every one of us a vision. Without a vision, people perish, it says in Proverbs 29. What is your vision? What is your dream? What has God spoken to you? And here's this guy that it feels like a loser, feels like he's been deprived, feels like people have always stolen from him. And he has a dream. And it says there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Jesus quotes this very thing in John chapter 1, verse 51. He said, he said to one of his disciples, you're going to see a ladder and the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus was the ladder. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And, and so I brought my ladder here because I want to show you something. Your ladder is too short. I don't care how big your ladder is. You can get the biggest ladder you could ever find on earth. It will be too short. It will not make it to heaven. It will not create a breakthrough. Your efforts are never going to work. Your efforts to be saved, your efforts to get a breakthrough, none of it's going to work. It's all by grace. And it's so astounding to me. Not really astounding because it's, it's, I, it's throughout the Bible. God had to put Jacob to sleep. And that's what happened to Adam, right? Put him to sleep. Took a rib out of him. That's what God did to Abraham. Genesis 15, put him to sleep. There's a way in which God has to anesthetize us to do the surgery that's needed. And so he puts him to sleep, and as he's asleep, he sees this thing that he couldn't see. In his own flesh, he kept thinking he had to strive. He had to climb the ladder. He was climbing the ladder of success and the ladder of influence and the ladder of respectability and all that stuff. His ladder wasn't big enough. And finally, he's asleep, and he sees a ladder from God where heaven and earth connect. <laughs> Oh, man, I hope you see what I'm saying. 
Because God wants heaven and earth to connect again. But it's not because of your effort, not because of your striving, not because of your efforts, not because of your conniving. It's because God wants to break through. When, well, let me say another thing. This might be a little controversial for some of my, my friends here. I, I was a part of a ministry once. You know, it says that he was in a certain place. Well, let me go to the next thing. I think it's in this next slide somewhere in there. Da, da, da. Oh, no, it's not really. Oh, I'll get to it. Well, anyway, he sees the Lord. It's not just a ladder. He sees the Lord. He says, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, that's who I am, the land in which you lie, I will give you and your offspring. He didn't have to strive and connive. God was going to give it to him. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, the east, and the north, and the south. And in you and your offspring, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's an amazing thing. Well, here's something to think about. He didn't have any offspring at that time. He wasn't even married at that time. You see, God is way ahead of you. <laughs> he's way ahead of you. You say, well, I don't even have any offspring. Well, that's okay. He's, he's going to work on that. He, he gives this promise to, Abraham, to, to Jacob at a time when he didn't even have any offspring. He didn't even have a wife. He didn't, you know, didn't even have any prospects at the moment. That's an amazing thing. Behold, I am, this is such a powerful verse. Behold, I'm with you. I'm going to keep you wherever you go. <laughs> keep that in, in your mind there, wherever you go. I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. See, it's good for you to have some pro promises of God as part of your vision, as part of your dreams, as part of your journal. You know, God, what have you promised me? What have you told me you're going to do? And in some cases, it's like it hadn't happened yet. Hadn't happened this year, didn't happen next year. It might not happen for a while, but the fact is, he says, I'm not gonna leave you until I've done it. Philippians 1.6, anybody know what that says? It says, I'm convinced that he who began a good work will do what? Will complete it. God's gonna finish it. He's, he tells me, I'm gonna do what I promised you. What an amazing thing. And, and here's this verse that's very common, famous. There's some songs that go with it. Jacob awoke. Well, first of all, that's an important thing, too. Um, God wants, isn't it interesting how the culture steals stuff from the kingdom? Steal rainbows. How about that? That wasn't in my notes at all. But think about it. God gave the rainbow. It's a sign of his covenant. That's an amazing thing. God wants us to awake, to awoke. And now the culture is talking about woke. You know, you're woke. <laughs> well, it's great if you're woke to the right things, you know. <laughs> but if you're woke to a bunch of twisted, perverted things, that's not so good, right? right. So Jacob awoke. <laughs> that is so cool. He awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. That is something. There's so much there. We can talk the whole time about that one little verse. Because what place is it? Whatever place. Wherever place. Wherever you are. Wherever the you are here is. He's in that place. If your place is depression, if your place is loneliness, if your place is sickness, if whatever place it is, if your place is addiction, whatever place you are in, he says, I'm in that place. Surely the Lord is in this place. 
And the weird thing is, Jacob admitted, I didn't know it. I didn't realize it. Well, the thing I was going to say a moment ago is I was part of a ministry once, and they believed that there are certain places where God's presence was, and there's like an open heaven and everything. And I, you know, kind of bought into that a bit. I don't believe that so much anymore. Because you know what I really believe? I believe we have an open heaven right here. And if I believe if I go outside that door, I'm going to have an open heaven there. And if I, if I went to Columbus, Ohio, or Columbia, South Carolina, wherever I go, I believe there's an open heaven. Because Jesus died on the cross to clear the path to the, to the Holy of Holies so that I would be able to have an open heaven. Wow, so I don't need to go to this place or that place or this conference or that conference or, you know, this church or that church even. The open heaven is here because of what Jesus has done, not because of anything I can do or anybody else can do. Anyway, that's how I see it, you know. Somebody showed me recently how that you can put a hot spot on your, uh, your cell phone, you know. So you don't have to find Wi-Fi where you go. You just carry the Wi-Fi with you. Anyway, I don't know if you got that, but I, I, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool because I got the Wi-Fi with me, you know? I have the presence of God with me, you know? People say, I, I came to church and I, and I experienced the presence of God. Well, that's good, but you should have had the presence of God before you arrived and after you arrived. You see what I'm saying? The Lord is in this place, that's right, but he's in every place if you just... Have the Wi-Fi in your heart, you know? Right. Well, anyway. And then Jacob says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And, and as, as great as this experience is, I think he kind of missed it a little bit. I don't think he realized it. You know, hey, this is the beginning of me experiencing the presence of God wherever I go, even in Uncle Laban's house. <laughs> Just a few more slides here. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone he had put under his head, and he poured oil on it. How about that? <laughs> you know, um, oil is a picture of the anointing. And without the anointing, frankly, we, we have nothing, you know. We have nothing. Our church has nothing. Preachers have nothing. You know, we have nothing without the oil, <laughs> So, Father, help us, Lord. Pour out your oil and your wine on us, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. We could talk about that for a while, too. But verse 19, I love this. He called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of the city previously was Luz. You know, this is incredible. God changed the name of the place where Jacob was because of this encounter. So, if you're in a place of loneliness weariness, discouragement, depression, sickness, whatever, whatever negative place you're in, whatever that's the place, like Luz, you know, that was the place. God wants to change the name of the place you've been hanging out. That is incredible. And Bethel means the house of God. I mean, the presence of God. How about that? Because of what Jacob experienced, the place was changed. The name was changed. That is incredible, you know? God wants to change the name of Charlotte, so to speak. And he wants to change the name of your neighborhood. He, wherever place you're in, he can change the name. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. 
And this is great. This is, uh, we're almost to the last slide, uh, but this is a great one too. Then Jacob made a vow. He has this incredible encounter and he says, oh, wow, I think I, if, I love this, it's a conditional vow. Have you ever done that with God? God, if you do this, then I'll do that. I'll follow you if you, you know, do whatever. Well, that's what he did. If God will be with me, will keep me in the way that I go, will give me bread to eat and clothing, and, and I come to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. See, he, the Lord wasn't even his God until this time. He, you know, and he, he was still kind of debating, it seems like, whether he was going to let the Lord be his God. But he said, if you do this, then you'll be my God. Oh. Jacob was always the bargainer, always the cheat, always the guy negotiating. Have you ever negotiated with God? Are you still negotiating with God? I've had some people in my life that are disappointed with God because God didn't take them up on what they were negotiating. <laughs> you know, He said, I'm not going to do it like that. He says, I want to be your God day in and day out. Whatever comes, whatever doesn't. The storms, the clouds, the, I want to be your God all the time. Not just if times are good and I meet all your wish lists, right? Huh. And then this last line is hilarious. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. <laughs> you know, Hank talked about it a little bit during the offering. But, but do you think about this? <laughs> what are the signs of revival and awakening? You know, we could have Walton and Tina come up. They could share about, you know, some, some signs of revival and, you know, what happens when revival happens. You know, one of the signs of revival, people tithe. <laughs> that doesn't sound like, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound really profound or spiritual or anything like that. But, but financial giving and trusting God with our finances, that's one of the signs of revival. That's one of the signs that you've really awoken <laughs> awoken? I don't know. It's probably not a word, Robert. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you haven't awakened yet, you know, see? But when he, when he woke up, he said, you know what? I think I'm going to try to tithe. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Um, well, the final slide. This is trying to make sense out of this thing. Because I don't make, this doesn't make sense. This guy who did not deserve a blessing, did not deserve a breakthrough, did, did not, um, wasn't seeking God. I mean, I would think a, a breakthrough would come if you had, you know, 10 days of prayer and fasting. He wasn't doing any of that stuff. He was just trying to get away from Dodge and get away from his brother. So how do you make sense out of this thing? <laughs> Making sense of this story. You have to go to Malachi chapter one, verse two. And God says to you, says to me, he said, I've loved you. He says, I love you. Love you, Ann. Love you, Mary and Amy, Ethan, Caroline. Love you guys. And then it says, but you say, how have you loved us? And what I realized is I'm just like that. God's saying, I love you. I'm saying, well, how do I know? What, uh, show it, prove it. I, I, I don't feel loved. I, I'm like Jacob. I'm striving and struggling. I'm trying to earn your love, prove my love. And he said, here's how you can know <laughs> that I've loved you. I've loved Jacob. <laughs> that is amazing. That is profound. 
Because if God could love a guy like Jacob who didn't earn it, deserve it, or even wasn't even seeking it, he can love you. He can love me. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I want you to sing this song with me. And um, it's a very simple song. You've probably heard it before. But I just want to invite you to, to come up here and, and be prayed for. And we'll just all be prayed for. And the prayer is basically that you would experience God's love. That sounds pretty basic, doesn't it? God wants you to experience his love. No matter where you are, no matter how low you've sunk or how depressed you feel, God wants you to experience his love today. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most. We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.